one recent arts project that had an outcome visible for all to see. It involved a group of homeless people putting on an opera. This is part of a programme first broadcast in March 2000 on Radio 4. Building wings here. They're like co-hangers that have been um, unwound. Um, usually you're finding two together will span across a child's arm. And there'll be wings from coat hangers. I think it's a case that we don't want to come along and be polite to people. It's, hey, listen, we are people. We can do things. We're not just some, somebody you can pass by. The majority of people, you know, out there, they, they go to work in the morning, you know, they go home in the evening, and they know absolutely nothing about homeless people. I very much want, in a way, to sort of slap the public in the face, you know. The, the, these people are, are just the same as, uh, as, as you and I. It's, it's, it's very, very easy to become homeless. You just have to have a, a, a few bits of bad luck. It's a long way from cutting up a piece of MDF in a night shelter for homeless people to the Royal Opera House. But that's the journey Matthew Peacock is making with a group of men who live in the shelter. By day, Matthew is assistant editor of Opera Now magazine. In the evening, he works at the Passage Night Shelter, just a stone's throw away from the Houses of Parliament in London. So for him, a project which brings together opera and homeless people doesn't seem so unusual. The choice of opera was a natural one too. Several years ago, Matthew adapted the children's book The Little Prince into an opera. Because it's a story about displacement, about a little prince who leaves his asteroid home and wanders from planet to planet, it seemed to be raising the same issues as the project itself. I wrote it a few years ago before I was involved in homelessness, but when I decided to use it... I wanted something new, and I, and I wanted something for children as well, to, to let children know about homelessness. They, they have far fewer preconceptions about things like this. I've only actually been in the shelter since Tuesday before Christmas. Matthew somehow talked me into giving this little lot a, a go, and I decided it was something worth doing, so I've come along ever since. What about a little prince? Who, who is going to be the little prince? Well, one in the royal family. Can we get a little prince? Oh, I see. Oh, that, hey, that would be a scoop, wouldn't it? Everybody walks past homeless people on the street every day, just about, and you know, most people think maybe that, that they don't have anything to give society, and, and you know, this is one way that it proves that they're just as valid part of society as, as another group. Persuading the Royal Opera House to give up their Lindbury Theatre for an afternoon was Matthew Peacock's work as well. The performance passes without a hitch, and a proud production team and packed auditorium look on as coat hangers, masking tape and MDF are transformed into simple and effective costumes and sets. The opera is performed by children from a school close to the night shelter and a bunch of professional singers and musicians. But as the final notes of music are played, the proudest people in the house are the people from the Passage Night Shelter identified in the opera's programme by their initials only. Somebody in an article, and I think it was Classic News, was very kind to give us some advanced publicity. They mentioned something about a Tory politician having to refer to the homeless as the people whom, whom you step over on the way out of the opera. I think it was another example of misquoting out of context, but either way, I'd like to have seen that guy down near front and centre. We're not just bums on the street begging for money and selling a big issue or whatever. We are actually people who can do things 
and hopefully it sent a message out to the people out there that, you know, we are the guys, we've done it, we can do it again. Standing up on stage, taking a bow, it felt like a yeah, really positive, welcoming. You see near enough a full house and people staring at you. I think, you know, the nerves go a bit. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Really nice. Given a chance, you can accomplish things like anybody else. So we're asking. A chance to show what we can do. In 1999, the Health Education Authority commissioned a wide-scale report into arts projects and their links with health. Jane Myrick was the research manager involved. In very innovative and newer areas like art for health, for example, there are no published studies, there is no evaluation done. And so if we wanted to kind of uh, build up some evidence of whether it works or not, what we had to do was look at practice, what people were doing and what people judged to be successful. It wasn't just saying, here's an art project, X many people stopped smoking because of it. It was trying to backtrack that to what is it about arts projects that makes people healthy. I think one of the most surprising outcomes of the review was the way it highlighted the important role of, I think what we called in it, in the review itself, social entrepreneurs, the kind of passionate individual who often will start projects because they want to <laughs> and they think it's a good idea. And that is almost the worst thing for funders to, to kind of count in, you know, an individual is, is something very uncontrollable and, and not very predictable. And so um, it's very difficult to see, that, to see that effective and good practice may be supporting a passionate individual rather than trying to set down prescriptive steps that you must take. There were some, some key findings about the quality of the artwork produced, that arts projects that do art for the sake of it for the sake of just the activity, without looking at the quality of the product at the end or the artwork at the end, were failing the people that, were, that were, they were working with because there was such a sense of accomplishment and pride if something was good. And that, that also gave life to the project as it was displayed and taken on tours and people continued to say, oh, wow, that's fantastic. And so people got, you know, continued benefit from a good piece of artwork. The facilitator wasn't there to always say, yes, what you're doing is right, and just be supportive. They were also there to say, that's not good enough. You need to do it like this. So they could be quite directive. I think an issue that came out of our research was a need for sustainability. That doesn't mean a project is always the same for 10 years. It means sustainable work. So the project might be in one form for three years, reinvent itself, the work continuing in another line of project work but the work itself continuing so this was quite a difficult issue to, to understand so sustainability and funding meant short-term funding for example three-year funding grants but with the idea that the work would continue so that projects reinvented themselves for example every three years so were responsive to the group they're working with but were able to maintain the work and keep going but if they stop if they just suddenly stopped and that is hugely damaging to the people who've been involved in it interacting with your community, self-esteem, friendship networks, all of which, independently of the artwork, has um, been proven to contribute to health. But that art somehow um, gets people to do those things in a way that other projects don't. So there's something about artwork in itself that facilitates friendship networks, that facilitates self-esteem very, very well. 
I don't think that any particular art form is somehow better at creating emotional literacy or self-empowerment or whatever you want to call it. But I think what is important to remember is that you cannot be prescriptive about arts projects and that the art work or the art form will grow organically from the people that are there and what they want to do. And that's the key thing. And I think that's the key across not just art projects, but any kind of community development work, that it is not prescribed. You do not do A, B, and C. You let things grow organically, which is the hardest thing for funders to take account of, because you ha it means giving over power, letting go. But that is the w that's always the way it works best. Different art forms do have different characteristics. For instance, theatre tends to encourage people to have more self-confidence in speaking out, in working with others, can be beneficial in terms of human physical contact and things of that sort and cooperative working. But equally there are people for whom those either are not a problem or they're such a problem that, that the last thing they're going to do is theatre anyway. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.